Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Wellbeing and Your Wallet. We're here today to talk a little bit about a topic we have not covered much on before around mindset and mental health. I'm Jackie Kearns, and I am happy to be back with you. I'm the Chief Brand and Strategy Officer at Affinity Federal Credit Union. I'm also uh, joined today by my two favorite guys, Grant and Sean. That would be my professional guys. My husband's not listening, hopefully. But welcome back, guys. How are you both today? Thanks, Jackie. Doing well. Uh, Grant Gallagher, VP of uh, Financial Wellbeing and Brand Communications. Sean? Yes, happy happy to be back. Um, My name is Sean Lubitz. I'm the Vice President of Retail and Digital Branching at Affinity. And we're so happy to be joined today by a special guest, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Pam. Please introduce yourself. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Sean. My name's Pam Cohen. I'm the Senior Vice President of People, Culture, and Administration here at Affinity Federal Credit Union. Happy to be here today. And a well-being champion. We should add that. Pam has been on this journey with us since the very beginning, and we're so happy to have you here today to cover this really important topic. So Pam, I would like to start with you. Uh, Given your background and your experience in this space, we all know it's so important that there's a different level or elements, let's call it well-being, right? There's physical, there's social, there's career. But today I wanted you to also talk a little bit, not about the financial well-being that we usually cover here on well-being your wallet, but the mindset, you know, how some of us tend to neglect what's going on in our heads, the mental health part of it. Can you tell me some things that you do just maybe to put those things first in your own life and how that works for you and your own well-being? Oh, thanks, Jackie. I think it's important that people understand that mental health and mental well-being is so critical to their own overall sense of thriving. And I believe that people don't always place themselves first and think that it's selfish potentially to take time out for themselves to do things that bring them that peace and joy. And so you have to get into that habit of making time for yourself. We're all pulled in a million different directions, whether we're parents, whether we're working full-time, whether we're taking care of our own parents, whether we are um, going to school and making time for yourself to do those things may seem selfish, but it's actually really critical to do. So I like to make time, put it on my calendar, try to make it a habit to go for a walk, go for a hike, go for a short run, spend time with my nieces and nephews, whatever it is that brings you that peace and joy and and inner calm. I love that. You have to make time for it. I know Sean and Grant, we've talked about not having time for other reasons in previous podcasts, but do you both do a little bit of that self-meditation each day and reflection? How do you handle your own mental health and well-being? Yeah, I think one of the, and I know a lot of people struggle with this too, one of the things that was hardest for me is was working for home or working from home during the pandemic. Um, the reason for that is I think I don't I don't necessarily meditate, I don't necessarily, you know, work out as much as I should, to be totally honest. But driving into work each day is about a 35-minute drive. I can have my coffee. I can listen to some music. Um, it helps relax me and prepare me for the day. And then even more important than that is the ride home, right? So whether you had a great day, tough day at work, you have that 35-minute ride home. Again, just to listen to some music, kind of unwind before you get home and spend time with the family. And that's, that's something I definitely struggled with um, working from home was just closing the laptop and being home and not having that time to kind of have that self-reflection and 
prepare to really be present at home. So that's something that really works for me. I think, Sean, to that point, you need to be very clear if you're doing that driving or you're staying home that you change, you make time to change from your work persona to your family persona because there is a difference. And by working from home, you don't necessarily get that time to do that. And so you need to set aside that time. I I love the point about setting aside the time. I think that's going to be a big theme for today's podcast. And Grant, as someone who's uh, more home-based these days than in the office, even though you do both, what what do you do and the opposite of what Sean was talking about? When you, do you drive around your block? Do you take a walk? I know you have great pixel. You have two beautiful girls to maybe walk out in the fresh air with. What do you do uh, to kind of reset and, and level out? Yeah, it's really making sure that I carve out the time and be intentional about it, making sure that I'm being intentional about the time for my mental health and and you said it, it's, it's making sure that I get outside and enjoy, enjoy a breath of fresh air once in a while, a change of scenery. Um, you know, I do get to, uh, even though I don't have that commute into the office, I do have the commute due to daycare to, to drop the girls off. So, you know, I get, I leave my, uh, at home office and then return back. Um, but it is, you know, definitely a way to clear my mind, step away and, and have a, a shift. Um, I know some of my colleagues that, weren't fortunate enough to have like an at-home office space that was dedicated to it, that was one of the things that they had really struggled with is you don't get that environmental shift. You know, if you really set aside a specific area for your work and then a different area for your home and play, it helps encourage that kind of mode shift. Um, but unfortunately, some people don't really have that opportunity. So I'm lucky enough where I have my my at-home office and and, you know, work is there. And when I leave it, it stays there. Um, but it's, it's really that level of intent and really making sure that you do create those separate boundaries and, you know, get out and, and, and walk around a bit, get some, get some fresh air, socialize, you know, if, if life is just work to bed, your, you know, your, your well-being is going to suffer. That's the reality. Absolutely. And I think as today, we want to make sure it's about the time that you all as listeners invest in this important space of mindset and mental well-being. Um, Pam, I want to talk to you a little bit more um, with Grant and obviously Sean's help in these categories today, but what it means, we all work together, right? It's really important to have that, as you both said, that space between, whether it's in the car, whether it's when you're at your home office, getting outside. But I think camaraderie is really important and resources. What type of resources could you tell us a little bit about, Pam, that you feel are really critical and how we've tried to also help not only team members, but our members in the communities that we serve? Thank you, Jackie. I think one of the most important things is having those trust relationships. So we talk a lot about mental health in our organization, and we'll be talking a lot about mental health in our communities that we serve, and the importance of feeling that this is a psychologically safe place to have those discussions. And just as you heard Grant and Sean and myself, we all have the same theme, but we all do things a little bit differently to make us feel mentally healthy. Um, we, We have a wonderful, wonderful EAP here and a wonderful EAP partner from an actual resource perspective that encourages us to do things that bring us more joy and decrease some of the stress in our life. I think it's really important, as you said, that there's a support system 
to these things. There are definitely resources that we can provide, whether in person, virtually. But I would really like to understand um, when you think about May is coming up, Mental Health Awareness Month, there are millions of Americans outside affinity, outside of our membership, who really think and feel the weight of this. We know during the pandemic, uh, a lot of the resources that were normally available had to change how they served in this category. But, you know, there's also this really close tie that I think all of us know more intimately given the work we do between financial stress and what happens to your mindset, your mental health. I know, especially Sean, you've talked about this before and how you and your team help members, but I would like to dive a little bit more into that today if we could as well. Yeah, I think, um, again, and, and we've talked about it a little bit before, but there is a lot of emotion tied to finance, right? Whether it be excitement, whether it be <clears throat> sadness at times or stress. So there's a lot of ebbs and flows, I'll say. Um, and I'll use myself personally, when you, you think you finally have everything figured out and then your hot water heater breaks in your home, right? Or you get rear-ended on the way to work and now you have a $500 or $1,000 deductible you have to pay for. So there's a lot of unforeseen circumstances that can affect this stress level. Um, and again, I think it's just very important to plan as much as possible, right? You want to live in the moment. And we've had podcast episodes on this before. Live in the moment, be happy, uh, make sure you take time for yourself. You can You can afford that vacation, you plan for those things. But it's also just very important to understand that these, these roadblocks are going to happen. Um, they happen to everyone and they happen in different forms, regardless of who you are, how much money you make every year. Um, if you're currently working, if you're unemployed, if you're, if you're a teenager or you're 50 years old, everybody's going to have these situations pop up in their life. And it's just important to prepare as much as possible from a financial standpoint. But I think it's also as important to have someone that you do trust and you can confide in and have those conversations. And I will say this, just from a work perspective, all of you on this call right now, I feel extremely comfortable with. And I think as an organization, we do a phenomenal job promoting the assistance programs to Pam's point that we have available for our team members. And I've worked at other institutions where they might've had these things in place, but they didn't really promote it. Um, I think we do a phenomenal job letting our team members know what they have available to them. And again, I think just looking at the the type of people that we look to hire and bring onto this organization are just overall genuinely good people who truly care about others, whether it be our members um, or our team members um, in branches or other departments throughout the organization. So I think it's, it's really important, again, just to prepare as much as possible, knowing that things are gonna be out of your control at times, but also have that person or people that you can have those conversations with. Um, it, it can help relieve a lot of that stress just to talk through certain situations. Yeah, and going back to what we had mentioned before, um, we are intentional as an organization about having those conversations with our team, with the broader organization, building that level of of comfort. And I, you know, I think there's still, I mean, even with all the work that's been going on in in the last few years to kind of tear down the barriers of of the taboo nature of talking about mental health, um, people still aren't. It's still not a level of comfort there. And and I, you know, I think realistically, when we look at still kind of the taboo about talking about finances, where there's still a large number of people that are just aren't comfortable with it. 
I don't know if we'll ever get to that point where it is a, a, a topic where you can have a very comfortable, open conversation, even with somebody you don't feel that you trust and you're comfortable with. So the fact that we've made that step forward to make sure that teammates feel that level of openness and comfort and that this is a welcoming environment for them to, to share those, those concerns and their stresses and, you know, what they, what they need help with. Um, it's a really great step in, in making sure that that is the, the best way that we can approach the topic. I think the other thing too, that you guys are, are really hitting on is the support system, the team, the camaraderie, you're never alone, right? I, I think that there's a lot of um, time and issue. People feel it isolated during the pandemic. It can continue into even the current day. How to find and get the right connection, whether it be to Sean's point about what we do here face-to-face, whether it be some of the tools that we have to get you connected to other professionals. On the foundation side, we have our member relief, which we'll talk a little bit about the tie between financial stress later and the state of well-being or your mental well-being. But Pam, could you also give a little um, aspect of when we got together for our team event this year in October at Impact Day, that was a really special moment that occurred to not only let newer team members, which is about a quarter of our team overall, but overall, a, a sense of having that safe space, as you mentioned before. Would you mind just sharing that story with the rest of the listeners, please? Sure. One of the things that I noted that we all touched upon was that during COVID, we basically had this huge sense of loneliness. And I think probably mental health, poor mental health or struggling mental health spiked. And I do think that we're in the middle of a mental health pandemic or epidemic right now. And we need to take the stigma away from mental health. As Grant and Sean had said, sometimes it's difficult to know who to trust to speak about mental health. And and when we talk about mental health, we're, ta- we're also talking about addiction, uh, anything that impacts your mental health. And so our impact day that Jackie was leading, we had all of our employees together in one spot. And we did a lot of discussion around what it means to be thriving, what it means to be surviving, what it means to be struggling. But we wanted to make sure that the organization, especially our newer employees, understood that we are working extremely hard to break down that stigma that surrounds mental health and, and well-being. So we had our people and culture teams and we had all of our AVPs and VPs and SVPs and C-suite um, employees come up on the stage and make a promise and a commitment to the organization that we would be a judgment-free organization and that we would do whatever is needed to break that stigma around mental health. Um, I think that breaking that stigma and allowing people to talk about it or ask for help will lead to taking away some of the stigma and the scariness around talking about your financial well-being. So if we can do one, then we should be able to do the other. Yeah, it's an important connection. One, that you have the right resource, that you know where to go for sure, but that you also can help others going through different things, whether it be related to their career stress or their stress because of where they are in the community. 
But I also wanted to kind of also talk a little bit about the financial stress. Grant, can you take us through that a bit? Yeah, of course. Um, the reality is, is unfortunately, when people look at their finances, it's it's a massive source of stress. It's, you know, they, they're never saving enough. It's never, you know, their goals are too far away, you know, and even getting to the point where they're having a hard time putting food on the table. So, you know, financial stress is really one of one of the biggest things that, that we face um, in, in today's world. I mean, there, there's a, a statistic from the, the APA that 72% of Americans stress about money. And, and I mean, the, and I mean, granted, yes, it's at, it's at different levels, you know, people are stressing about some smaller things, but then there's also really big, massive things. And I, I think a lot of people, they don't know if they're insured well enough. They don't know if they're going to be able to retire. They don't know if, you know, some of those really basic fundamental things that we've thought about for, for a long time is kind of what those goals are in our life and those big milestones that they want to achieve. Um, they don't know if they're achievable anymore. And, and that's a, a real source of stress. Um, yeah. Don't you think we've seen this with our Gallup research as well? I think 100%. one of the thing that as a member of Affinity you can participate in is uh, people have been referring to thriving or struggling or surviving. There is different levels to your point, Grant, either what the APA survey said, I, I think 72%. And I thought, mm, that's not that high, <laughs> right? We <laughs> talked about the, the, the mood of this before, but think about it in terms of who's there to help you, right? Pam hit on a bunch of things before about your employer, your team, Sean and Grant, you've referenced your family and your surroundings and trying to you know reset yourself. But I think it's really important to find that right financial provider um, that's different and that not only is there to listen, but there to advise and help. So you know, take us through. You're the Gallup champion for the organization. Um, been doing great work on wellness for many years. But what about well-being? Um, it's such an overused term. I mean, you trip on it. You go to Target and get new nail polish, and you're taking care of your well-being, right? Like, right. you know, I personally like chocolate. I eat a couple pieces. I feel like my well-being has improved. But tell me from your perspective, really, what that means to kind of bring the financial stress into a better lens of how you can actually tackle some of the stress you're feeling there. Yeah. I mean, it's step one is, and you, you hit the nail on the head, it's it's finding who you can talk to about it. You need to have a financial best friend. You need to have a financial institution you trust, you know, kind of the person that you can go to to talk through the issues. Because let's let's be honest, it's, it's very hard to self-assess and then give yourself advice. You know, it's kind of like the joke is everybody reads self-help help books, but, you know, they're not equipped to help themselves because they're not therapists. So it's like you have to go out, you have to talk to the person who really knows how to analyze you and understand what's happening to kind of get to that source of the problem and then give you that advice. So, you know, typically when, when people are talking to us, we look at it from a few different perspectives. You know, I mean do they have a plan is usually kind of like the big initial talk. And it's like, what are your goals? What's your plan? And then we're going to help work with them to build that through because one of the biggest things that can cause stress is that uncertainty. So it's eliminating that uncertainty by making sure that you have clear goals, have a clear strategy in place. We'll help you figure out what that looks about al uh, uh, along the way. Um, and, and identify any of those gaps, you know, making sure that people have that, that solid, emergency fund. Cause that's always like, you know, you're fine until the day you're not. And that emergency comes up. Well, if you don't have that emergency fund, the emergency isn't going to wait for you to, to build it up. I mean, <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta be preventative there. So 
those those are kind of really the big major steps to make sure that you you have that infrastructure in place so that that uncertainty isn't a source of stress. Um, but also it's it's simplifying your financial life. You know, so many of us just kind of don't look at our finances too closely because it's it's that pain point, but it's do you take that extra step to look at to see like what can I automate? What can I simplify? What can I do to consolidate so I'm I'm not it's not as much work as it needs to be. And that's something else that, you know, I think Affinity does really well is, is our folks try to make sure that people are taking full advantage of the technology and the tools and the apps and everything that's out there so that their finances are this source of optimism. It's, it's this way for them to achieve their goals. It's, it's thinking about that vacation and that retirement or that house or that wedding or the kids in school, not, not about the bills. Right. So, you know, making, that, making sure that there's something in the end of all this hard work and energy put into making a living, as yes. they always say, right? And, and I think, I'm sorry, Sean, I was going to ask you, I mean, you, you see this every day as we work with team members. Um, our members come in for a variety of reasons, but is there a particular member um, that you remember saying, wow, I could see something's going on, but I don't know how to you know, approach them. But did you follow up? Did you help? I know Pam a lot in that safety where to go aspect of things like how, how do I actually action when I'm having these feelings? W- what do I do? And any members that you could uh, recall, obviously in, in general, Sean, that you kind of said, you know what, here's how I can come back and, and really without intruding, without yeah. getting too personal, but still help move forward yeah. on that. Absolutely. It's, we always say, I mean, working in the financial services industry, you see into people's lives, right? So their, their finances, you can see a lot about you know uh, an employee's actions outside of work, right? Are they are they going on vacation during the summer? We see debit card transactions. Are they writing checks for a landscaper um, for their home? Are they paying their mortgage? So there's there's a lot that we can see and have insight into the members' finances. Where it does get difficult is you have certain members who may be at that thriving level, and then you can see it start to deteriorate, and they won't they won't come to you and they won't flat out tell you that they are struggling. Um, but you could see that overdraft fee that they've never had an overdraft fee before or a, a check bounces that they've written. And you can see that things are starting to get very heavy for that individual. So it is a balancing act of of having the conversation, ensuring that they're ready to have that conversation because you can't push that on someone. If they don't want to talk to you or open up about it, you can't force them to. So it's it's really developing the relationship with them, earning their trust and then it's, it's a fine line to get them to open up about what is going on. And to what Grant said before, it's so important to have a goal, right? Because we also have individuals who maybe their credit is not the best at this point. And their goal is to buy a home or, or improve their credit score above a 750. If that's all they look at, it's a very daunting task. And it's hard to find those small wins. So what we try to do um, from the frontline perspective is sit down with our members and find those small wins that we can give them throughout the process because you need to see that. You need to see the progress. You need to feel that progress. Um, That helps them ultimately get to that end result and feel really good about themselves, which could be two, three, four, five years later, but you need to create those wins in that process. Um, Yeah. Or else it's, it is very hard to continue to move forward when you feel like you're you're not succeeding. It's so important, like you said, progress and having somebody who could be that financial partner to you in a true sense of being there throughout, right? So the happy moments, the ones that are sort of, uh, I don't know where I'm going right now, what I'm going to do next, 
to those that can might even be more dire. Um, I know we're taking a lot of time to uh, in our organization, Pam, to to have a financial counselor. Can, can you tell a little bit about that? How your area of people and culture is really working closely and across the aisle with Sean's area, which is focused on being enabled to really have those conversations. Would you mind taking us through a little bit of what that entails? Sure. So one of the things that we noticed, Sean and Grant and I, and it's taken Grant a few years to get me to understand this, is the whole concept of well-being. And what we wanted to do, the three of us, was provide our frontline team members with a program that would allow them to have those real, really deep, meaningful, well-being conversations with our members. So what we've done is we're putting our team members through a year-long program to learn how to have the conversations, what questions to ask, really how do you have those empathetic discussions? How do you draw out from our members what's critically important to them? What brings them that joy? And then what tools and resources and products and services do we have that would help our members make their financial dreams a reality? And it's a year-long program. Sean comes in, Grant comes in, and they share their knowledge. It's very interactive and and it's all about the member and helping them thrive with making their dreams a reality. It is. I love the difference makers that we're creating, right? We really want to be those connectors of things. And I, and I think you've said it best, you know, and maybe what we can do in the future is have some of the team members who've gone through that process come and share their stories and talk a lot about what it takes to make that difference and really um, walk the line a bit on where you're going a little too much and where you've got to, it's, it's a delicate balance, as they say, right? We want to be here. We want to help you, but we also don't want to be intrusive in, in any way. I'm sorry, Sean. I think you were about to say something too. I apologize. No, that's okay. I was just going to add to what Pam was saying. It's, it really is. We talk about it all the time in my area that financial institutions from a product and service standpoint are very, very similar. So rarely are you going to see a, a single product or a single service be that differentiator between one financial institution and another. So what we really like to focus on is the differentiator for us is our people. It's the conversations that we're going to have with our members. It's the the relationship that we're going to build. It's going to be the trust that we build with our members. And again, it's pieces of it are the products and services, but we want to make sure we put you in the right product and service for your, for your current situation. And that can change over time. So we also want to have these conversations, be with you through those life changes, make sure that you're, you stay in those correct products and services for you. And one of the big things we also really like to focus on is we don't ever want a member to leave our branch or, or hang up the phone and have almost that buyer's remorse feeling. Like, oh, I, 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 re- I got this savings account, but I, I don't understand it, right? Sean, Sean talked to me about it, but I don't really understand what he was saying. So it's very important for us to make sure that we, we tie back what the member is receiving from us, the benefit that they are receiving from that product or service, And again, really reinforcing that we are here for them, but we want to make sure that they also understand what they're receiving from us. So again, from a holistic view, it's really just the connection with the member. We we want to be that trusted advisor and we want to make sure that they are comfortable with those conversations with us and again, continue that throughout their financial journey. 
Yeah, I think it's important just to recap, if we could, we have tools that uh, Grant mentioned that are online. We have your team, Sean, in person and on the phone through virtual chat as well. But I think the most important part um, that you said before, too, is understanding where we can help you. And I know there's going to be additional resource that Pam and her team are going to provide so that you have this understanding of where to get support, whether it be for your mindset and your mental well-being, whether it be for your career well-being, whether it be for your financial well-being that we focus a lot. We've heard from Carla Wallach, our leader of our foundation from a community well-being perspective. So again, to your point, Sean, we're trying to not only be a different provider, but make a difference in how we provide advice and service. And and Pam, I, I think what I want to do now is is toss this back to Grant, but have you um, be the person who answers our member mailbag this episode, if you wouldn't mind. You want to take that challenge on for us? Sure. Exciting. <laughs> All right, Grant, to you, please. All right. So just a reminder, if you have a question or comment for our member mailbag segment, you can send it to at AffinityFCU on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag. All right, so getting into the question. Uh, Between the state of our economy coming off the stress of the COVID-19 pandemic and the pressures of my own personal life, I feel my finances slowly slipping out of my control. What are some ways I can prioritize my mental health and best manage my financial stress as someone with a lower income? What do you think, Pam? Actually, the first thing I would do is I would recommend that you come see one of our financial counselors. Our financial counselors have been trained to be empathetic, to think about well-being, to help reduce that stress. And it's a it's a safe place to talk about what's stressing you from a financial perspective and how we can help you um, feel less stress about that. And I think that would also help your mental health. Yeah, I... I, I... That's my main main thought there too, because it's this process requires so much understanding of an individual situation and understanding what's important to them and understanding their pain points that, you know, we could all conjecture on broad, grand ideas, but to truly help somebody's financial well-being, it would need to be a personal conversation. We would need to understand exactly where they're coming from, exactly what matters to them. I mean, it's like that's that's kind of the the number one thing and you know maybe like the number two broad thing is like well have you thought about what's important to you are are you does your budget align with what matters to you i mean that's kind of the the next step is people don't like to budget so they don't do it but if something in your life has changed and and you're struggling rework your budget figure out what's important to you write down the top three things and make sure that that's taken care of and anything else that's in there you know maybe you can get rid of maybe you can tweak um an interesting thing we've we've seen lately in some other surveying that we did is is that a lot of uh, i think it was almost 70% of millennials are either considering gig work or doing gig work to supplement their income in 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 struggling times and i mean that's that's a real easy thing that people can jump right into get started with a a very low barrier of entry so you know something else to to think about yeah yeah i think it's I'm sorry. Ahead, I'm I, sorry. Like I keep cutting you off, Jackie, every time you talk. <laughs> I uh, Just to add to that very quickly, 
what, what I think we do extremely well here too is this is a unique situation, right? And th there's a lot more detail that would have to be uncovered to really give advice on what next steps would be. But we do a, a great job of utilizing resources outside of Affinity as well. So again, wh whether it be over the phone or in a branch or you're, you're talking to one of our financial counselors, it, it doesn't mean that we necessarily have to have the product or service at Affinity, which can help you. We have partnerships with organizations um, really across the country, but more, more so in New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut that we can connect you with that can help you within other aspects of your well-being as well. So again, when, when we talk about financial well-being and how finances tie back to stress, it, it, it absolutely is a very, very um, tight connection. But at the same point, we try to make sure, again, at Affinity, we, we steer you in the right direction, whether it be here or other resources and connections we have within the communities that we can steer you to and, and ensure that you get what you need from them as well. So that's, that's very, very important to us. I think it's also important, as you said, Sean, you don't, you know, most of us don't try to self-diagnose. You go to a doctor, right? You talk to them about what's ailing you. That's the same way I look at our help and support here at Affinity. Call us, chat us up, go in to see one of us if you're in the tri-state area, but definitely start that dialogue because um, we'd love to make sure that we can help you through it, especially as our, you know, person who uh, emailed in and said, what do I do about a few things here? I heard financial stress. I heard lower income. I heard slipping out of my control. I know that we listen for some of these cues when we're talking to our members to advise them without being direct and, like I said, walking that fine line before. But there are a lot of ways and different things we've talked about in prior podcasts that I hope help. You know, definitely the financial tools. Uh, we have Enrich, which is a great tool that can be used for personal finance management. We also have a lot of products and services that can help you gain more interest, whether they be um, some of our savings products like Smart Start or even lower payments on credit cards because we are capped at an 18% interest rate. So I really thank you all today for helping take apart this very, very complicated and complex um, issue of a mental well-being and mental health. But I also want to turn it back to uh, Grant for a little bit more around the spotlight of some of the things I just briefly mentioned. And, and Grant, take it back if you would for us, please. Of course. Thank you, Jackie. And, uh, you know, as, as Jackie mentioned before, uh, don't WebMD it, you know, take take it to a, a professional to, to get that advice, to get help with that diagnosis. But if you want to become more educated, we have so many resources here at Affinity, and I'm going to go through a few of them here so you can get a, a better understanding of what is uh, in, in scope of where we can help you mostly digitally, but also in person. Um, for example, we have uh, our professionals to assist you with your goals, obviously in the branches. Wherever you are in your financial journey, we can lend you a helping hand with numerous tools to enhance your financial well-being, including articles, webinars, credit counseling tools, and more. We also have a extensive blog library that covers all sorts of topics. You know, you can probably find something that you can relate to. Uh, it extends from personal banking to auto buying to credit cards to credit, rebuilding your credit, home buying, tons of stuff. Um, also, we have a awesome webinar and seminar library or seminar library that's available and on demand. You know, you could find that right on our website at affinityfcu.com. Uh, and then, of course, we definitely have to talk about the credit counseling services because that's something we have not mentioned. But credit is a huge stress point for a lot of people. And these people are certified. It's free for our members. 
definitely an amazing resource for people to take advantage of. Um, and even if you know you're you know your credit's in a decent spot, they can still go through it with you, look for opportunities for you to improve it, help put together a plan for you if there's a big uh, uh, purchase that's going to require your credit in the future. Um, so definitely another amazing resource for you to take advantage of. So and don't forget about all the past podcasts that we've already logged. Oh yeah. All. That little podcast. We have a podcast now. Yeah, wow. I think that's what we're doing right now, Grant. Okay. Well, <laughs> Hey, you know, that is definitely a big one, not to mention our, uh, wellbeing in your wallet index, which is also available on affinityfcu.com. Uh, by now, when this publishes, the next version should be up and available for the spring, so you can get some more spring-focused uh, little tips and, and tricks and insights. So learn more at affinityfcu.com. Yeah, let us know, please. We love to hear from you all. Um, obviously, this is our life's work. We love doing it. We love working with all of our members and team members out there. And just to wrap this session up, I think, Grant, you just did a great job of resources Pam, any last thoughts from your perspective as a professional in the space for some time? Anything that you want to leave our listeners with today? Just be sure to make sure you make time for yourself and you ask others that you trust for help. We're all here for you and you should have your own team of personal advisors to help you. Love the advice. And Sean and Grant, thank you again. It's been another great episode. And with that, I'll turn it back to you one more time, Grant, to take us home. All right. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, thank you again for tuning in. As a reminder, if you have a question or comment for a future member mailbag segment, send it to at Affinity FCU on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag member mailbag. As always, rate, like, and subscribe for more from the Wellbeing in Your Wallet podcast. Uh, you can get more information about financial well-being and affinity products at affinityfcu.com. And if you're experiencing mental health issues, it's important to factor financial wellness into your well-being plans. Talk with a trained, uh, trained mental health professional or a doctor about ways you can seek support. And as always, talk to you next time. <laughs>